believe I can't sleep. It's time to listen to Courtney at last on the ramblings of an insomniac podcast. Hey guys, episode 47 of the ramblings of an insomniac. I am Courtney Perry. Hello. I am outside again. The last couple of episodes, I was inside. Um, it's during the day, and I'm hoping if I just kind of hold still, I tend to pace and walk around. I'm not big on sitting in one spot for too long unless I'm, you know, doing something. And by doing something, I don't mean holding this and talking into it. I have to be like writing something or on the computer or whatever. But we're going to see how this goes. Anyway, anywho, as my mom used to say, anywho, uh, how are you guys? It's a pretty beautiful day out. Uh, It's one of those days that started out kind of misty, a little bit foggy, just very, very light, light, light fog. And then it cleared up and then it was a little bit misty. um, And then that cleared up. And the whole time, even when it was kind of misty out, it was still like, I don't know, 60 degrees. And now it's warmed up to, this was of course earlier this morning, and now I would say it's at like, I don't know, 70 maybe? And a little breeze going on. There's a little bit of clouds. There are some clouds in the sky, but they're thin. Um, Yeah. All in all, it's a pretty nice day, I would say. My cat, Jasper, is chiming in in the background because why not? Would it be any other podcast if my animals weren't constantly chiming in and having something to say? No, it would not. Uh, So, what is on my mind? What has been keeping me up? Uh, Well, for some reason, um, I have had... Um, the fact that, well, not for some reason, I was watching some shows and some documentaries and this is what spurred it. So it's not like this was out of the blue, but I always wonder why in real life and in movies, um, or in movies, people will like know something about someone else. They'll know some information about another person that could, uh, get them in jail or have some, um, big consequences for them. And I've never understood why the person that has that information, like let's say I know something about um, a person, I know something about my coworker and um, something that could get them fired or put in jail or whatever, have serious consequences. And I went and told that person before I told whomever like my boss, my supervisor was. I just went and, and um, f- warned them, hey, you know, I know some, I know this about you. And if you don't give me, let's say it's, I don't know, an amount of money or, you know, you blackmail them, basically. I've never understood why people do that. It does not bode well. It never ends well. Who on earth is going to be like, oh, sure, let me just um, 
take your word that you will never say anything and not constantly blackmail me? And why would I want to trust you with this information when at any time you could always go to the to my boss or the police, you know, depending on the severity of what the person's information they have about you is? Why would you do that? Forewarned is forearmed. And it always ends up that you get killed. You're going to get yourself killed. Man, you would think people would know this. This is common sense. You don't go up to someone and go, yeah, uh, so I have this information about you that would put you in jail for like the rest of your life. And if you don't give me money, then I'm going to go to the authorities. I'm sure that person's not going to be like, oh, sure. Okay, cool. Let me just cough up that money and then trust that you will never, ever say anything again. No, they're going to kill you. They're going to off you. That's just murder 101. That's just blackmail 101. Blackmail does not work. When does blackmail work? Blackmail never works, people. I don't know this from experience. I haven't blackmailed anybody. It's just it never ends well when you know information about somebody and you go up and tell them first because they're just going to constantly think that you are going to turn them in at any time. They're never going to be able to let their guard down or, you know, they're always going to be anxious that you're going to turn them in and they're not going to want you to always hold that over their head. They're not going to want to owe you all the time. So they're going to either kill you or they're going to frame you so that you go to prison. So, you know, if you were planning on blackmailing anybody, you're welcome. I'm glad that I could do you a favor Don't say you didn't learn anything when you listen to this podcast, right? There you go. Uh, Don't blackmail people. It does not end well. That is your life lesson. That's your life lesson. My neighbors are on their quads. Um, They're on their quads. Actually, that's a motorcycle. He's on his motorcycle. So, sorry. Um, That's funny. Anyway. Uh, So don't say I didn't teach you anything. Uh, What else has been on my mind? Uh, The fact that I've never really understood um, car insurance in the sense that you have to have liability and you have to have liability in case, you know, I get into a car accident. It's my fault. I can at least be able to pay for the person that I caused damage to, to the car that I caused damage to. And I get that. But here's what's weird. Let's say I'm driving around uninsured, which is obviously illegal, at least here in the state of Oregon, um, it's illegal. I don't know about everybody else, but in the state of Oregon, you have to at least have liability so that you can at least cover the other person's damages. But what I don't get is, let's say I'm driving around like an asshole with zero insurance and I get into a an accident. And let's say it's a fairly serious accident and that other person has to go to the hospital and has to have, you know, several surgeries and that person needs, you know, physical therapy afterwards. Well, all of that racks up. And if I just had liability, it's either because I can't afford full coverage or I don't feel that my car is worth full coverage because maybe it's not worth that a lot of money and you don't want to waste paying a lot of insurance when your car isn't even worth that much. But you don't think about it as you're also covering, you know, that other person. Well, 
I know that there's an amount you can cover and there's a certain amount that you can pay out. But let's say I don't have any insurance. Let's just say I'm driving around like an asshole, no insurance. I get into a car accident and that person, like I said, has to have even one surgery, even if it's just one surgery, let alone, you know, more than one. And let's say they also need, you know, that means that there's an anesthesiologist involved. That means that there is a surgeon involved. That means there's a regular doctor involved. That means that there's pain medication. And that means there's probably physical therapy. So let's say I go to jail because I'm driving uninsured and I cause an accident and um, I go to jail. So now the person that is in the hospital um, still is going to have to battle trying to get their bills covered because if I don't have any insurance, where are they going to get that money? Where's the money going to come from? And that would mean it's probably coming out of my pocket and my insurance, which is a bunch of crap because I'm having to use my insurance to cover some other asshole driving around uninsured. And then that person now is going to go to jail. Well, if they're in jail, they can't work. And if they can't work, they can't make payments toward my hospital bill. And now it means actually I'm paying even more because now I'm paying taxes for this schmuck to be in prison. So I'm going to pay taxes on this guy. So there's more money out of my pocket and he's still not paying me. My insurance is now going to have to kick in or however that works. To be honest, I'm not certain how it works. That's just what I'm going to assume because they have to get money from somewhere. And I mean, um, the Democrats, you know, want us to pay for uh, student loans. So then I was going to say, well, hey, then can we just make them pay for uh, pay for my car accident that somebody else caused? Because if I'm going to pay for student loans that were your choice, I would say something like this that wouldn't be my choice, something I didn't choose. I got hit by somebody who didn't have insurance. And then if my insurance has to pay, I'm getting dinged. So can we just take that out um, like the, like they did with student loans? Can we just write that off? Um, so I was thinking about that. Um, this has happened to somebody I know, and they did have insurance, but it was very minimal. And um, the amount of damage that was done is barely covered by the insurance that this person had. And she's having to fork over a lot of it um, out of her own pocket, like a lot. And that's just not fair. It's unfortunate when you're having to pay the price for somebody else's um, negligence. It's frustrating when people have to pay for other people's lack of um, responsibility and lack or lack of planning, you know, I always used to hate it when I would prepare, like I would pack to go places and I would have, you know, a sweatshirt and I'd have something in case it rained. I would have something in case it was sunny. I would just make sure I was, prepare I was prepared for all occasions. And then I would purposely tell whomever I'm traveling with, hey, make sure, you know, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. You want to pack for everything. You don't want to be cold or too hot or too cold or wet or, you know, rained on. You want to make sure you've got the right um, clothes. Oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll just, if it's if it's too cold, I'll just throw on a sweatshirt. Well, yeah, but what about a coat in case it rains? Now, I'll just throw on a sweatshirt, blah, blah. And you'll tell that person over and over, are you sure? You know, that's all you want to pack. What about? Yep, I'm fine. And then you get to your destination and let's say it rains. And now this person that you've warned repeatedly that it might rain and they should probably prepare for rain is like, 
oh, can I borrow your coat? Can I borrow your rain jacket? I'm, I didn't bring one. Well, no, I prepared. I was the one that said, hey, you should probably pack a jacket just in case it rains. Remember when I said that? Remember how you kept saying, nah, I'm fine? Well, why now do I have to give up my uh, being dry and comfortable and warm because you were ill-prepared? I mean, I'm not an asshole. I usually end up giving people my coat because I'm a pushover and I do it. But then I bitch about it later like now. But you know what? I shouldn't have to. (laughs) I don't have to. I choose to. I choose to do it and I shouldn't. I should no longer choose to do it because you know what? Fuck you. (laughs) You didn't prepare. (laughs) You have to prepare. Just like when you choose what you want to do for college. Hey, you're young. When you're young, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't know what you want to do. My God, like you don't, most of the time you don't have things figured out until, well, do you ever? I don't think anybody ever has things figured out. You just learn a little more. But, you know, when you go to college, the first like four years are prerequisites anyways. So you don't even have to really pick what you want to do until later. And I think you should put a lot more time and energy into it than I feel that people are because it is your career path. Not to say you have to stick with it and dun, 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 once you pick it, you can never change. But at the same time, I mean, if you're going to school for art, which like I said, I love art. I want art covered all over every inch of my walls. Love art, not putting down artists. I love photography. I do photography. I am a photographer. But I'm just saying, if you're going to go to school for things that really you can't necessarily make an income on, a study income, you can't really make a study income on. And let's face it, it's hard to to live off of. And you know that going into it. Well, then you have to prepare. You have to prepare to maybe have a second job. Or you have to prepare to work really, really hard to get your name out there so that people will buy your stuff. And, you know, yet if you go to school to, say, become a doctor, well, you know you're probably going to have a job. I mean, you know odds are you're not necessarily going to be hard up looking for a job. It's probably going to be fairly easy to find a job and you're going to make a decent amount of change and you can um, gauge how much you're going to make. I mean, it may fluctuate by a couple thousand here and there, but you're going to know pretty much how much you're going to make a year. It's going to be pretty steady and stable. Um, But they also have to pay a lot. You have to pay a lot out in like insurance and what is it called? Malpractice insurance hey, dude, (laughs) you have to pay out a lot and you have to pay back a shit ton in student loans. You have to pay back. I don't remember what the statistics are on how long it takes to pay back student loans when you go to school for eight or more years, but I'm sure it's a fork ton. I'm sure it's a substantial amount. And that person chose to do that. They were like, I know that I'm going to have debt. I know that it's going to take a while to pay off. But I also know that I'm going to be able to find a job. And I also know I'm going to have a steady, stable income and that I can rely on. And they're the ones going out there making a difference. Again, I'm not saying that art isn't making a difference because I love art. But you don't need art to save lives Let's face it, you know, you can live without an artist. You can't really live without, you know, a surgeon. 
you can't really live without a doctor. Sure, you can do a lot of homeopathic things, all of that. I'm just saying there are, you need a doctor more than you can live without an artist. You can live without a photographer. So um, if anybody should have their loans paid off, it should be people that went to school for double the amount of time than you did. Put in a lot more uh, work, a lot more time, a lot more energy longer years, put in more debt. You know, they did the time. So, you know, I just think that it gets difficult for people that work hard every day, that get up and especially nowadays, especially since COVID, um, you know, since COVID, it's even more frustrating that there are so many businesses looking for um, employees, they're desperately looking and nobody wants to work. And so, you know, restaurants are like, please come work care facilities, please come work. And nobody wants to work. And now that, you know, their unemployment's running out, you would think people would be rushing to go find a job and then they do, but then they're like, oh, I'm doing you a favor. And then they show up in like, you know, their hair barely brushed. Like, what is it nowadays? Back in my day, like I said, I'm 48, so I was born in 74, and we used to have to make a resume. You actually made a resume. You put that effort into it. You had to show, you know, that you wanted the job. You had to compete with other people, and you had to dress the part. You know, if you're going to go be like the CEO of a company, you better wear a suit. You better wear, you know, look nice. You know, have to, whatever your choice is, whether it's a suit, skirt, whatever, but look nice. You know, you're going to dress the part and you're going to brush your hair and brush your teeth and you're not going to show up in jeans and a t-shirt with your hair half brushed and no makeup. I mean, you don't have to wear makeup, but you know what I mean? Look presentable. Look like you want the job. Don't act like you're doing them a favor by your presence, you know, and we shook hands. We looked people in the eye and we gave a firm handshake. And at the end of the interview, we had to have an interview. We had to sit down and compete with other people and have an interview. We had to prove that we wanted the job. And now you do everything online, on Indeed. And a lot of people don't even want you to bring in a resume, which boggles my mind. It boggles my brain. That's so bizarre to me. Wouldn't you want to see that the person wants the job and put is putting in the time and energy into getting the job? Wouldn't you want to shake their hand and see if they can brush their hair? See if they can put on clothes that don't have holes? And okay, let's say you cannot afford nice clothes. Let's say the only thing you have to wear is a pair of holy jeans and a t-shirt. Okay. The fact that you are going to show up in jeans and a holy t-shirt, if that's the only thing you have, I get that. Okay. But brush your hair and do that scene like from uh, The Pursuit of Happiness, like Will Smith. I mean, at least explain it to them. At least know that you're putting in the effort by showing up, brushing your hair, brushing your teeth, shaking hands, doing an interview and answering some questions to see if you are even qualified. Even, hell, even just showing you can be there at the time they ask you. You know, part of why people have interviews is to show punctuality. Are you punctual? Can you show up? Can you manage your time? So I would want, if I were going to be hiring people, I would want people to show up and bring me a resume. Not just 
fill out forms online and turn it in and just like do it like a million times a day and be like, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I don't know. Effort. It seems like there's not a lot of effort being put into anything except bitching and whining. There is a lot of effort being put into bitching and whining and complaining, including myself. I mean, I apparently am doing a lot of it myself. The world is pissed off right now, you know, and so there's a lot of, of um, disappointment and hurt and anger going on and frustration. So, oh my gosh, those damn, there's a um, yellow jacket that is not leaving me alone. There are those elder beetles still, still the gosh dang elder beetles. Anyway, effort. Just doesn't seem like there's a lot of effort being put into ourselves and how we are looking to um, to our children. They're looking up to us. We're setting the standard. We are showing them how to behave, and we're not really putting into any effort into considering the fact that they're going to mimic us one day. They're going to be us one day, and how are they going to handle situations? They're going to handle it how we are doing it now, how we're showing them to handle it. They're going to dress how we dress. They're going to treat people how we treat people. And there doesn't seem to be any effort into showing kids how to be kind or how to work hard or how to put in effort. I mean, hell, you get a participation award. What the fuck kind of effort is that? I participated. I, uh, I got on a bus and it uh, brought me to this game. I got off the bus, and then I sat on this bench here. So that's participating, right? No, that's that's not that's not participating. It's not actually. And I'm sorry if you're not good enough to be off the bench, then you need to work harder, work to get off the bench. Otherwise, why did you even decide you wanted to be in that sport? If you wanted to be in volleyball. And volleyball is you're like, hey, I'm going to every day after school, I'm going to go to volleyball practice and then I'm going to go to games. Why waste that time and energy on doing any of that if you don't want to actually play the sport? Why waste every day after school and why put in that effort of practice if you don't want to actually play? If you just want to sit on the bench, then don't even show up. Like, why even be in that sport? I don't get that. Um, it, it boggles my mind. I don't believe in a participation award at all. I think that is ridiculous. I believe in a you work hard and then it'll make you feel better because the whole endorphins thing, too. You're going to be happier and probably not go around looking for reasons to hate someone else because you're pissed off about your own life. You're putting so much effort into others and what other people are doing and none into yourself. People aren't putting effort into themselves anymore. They're putting effort into looking for reasons to do nothing and um, make excuses as to why they're pissed off about their lives not going the way they want and not putting effort into making their lives go the way they want. It's sad. And now we're showing our kids that. Ugh. Anyway. 
So that has been what uh, what's on my mind. Um, I wish you guys could see my dogs right now. I have three dogs sitting in front of me in a line, all staring off to the side, just off to a side as if they're like pondering life and looking off into the distance, looking off into the sunset, just pondering life. And they're sitting in this perfect, like from biggest to smallest or smallest to largest, however you want to look at it. Perspective, remember, it's all about perspective. Is it from smallest to largest or largest to smallest? Huh. Anyway, um, it's pretty cute. They're all just staring off into the sunset. At any rate, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Ramblings of an Insomniac. I'm going to listen to this back and I'm going to hope and cross my fingers that it isn't all staticky and that it doesn't sound weird again because that's just obnoxious. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Anyways, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Episode 47 of The Ramblings of an Insomniac. I am Courtney Perry. Have a good rest of your day, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world.